Welcome to your Coach on Demand. I'm Dr. Greg Ketchum. I'm a psychologist and executive coach and a former radio talk show host. I'm joined by my partner, Steve Kofsky, who is a technology journalist and author and also is a former talk show host. We invite you to give a listen, try out some of the action steps we recommend, and we think you'll be glad you did. Ahoy there, Dr. Greg. <laughs> you kill me. <laughs> you kill me when you start that way. <laughs> hey, Steve-O, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm oh, doing great, man. Really good. The topic that you lined up for us today, and that is that whole work-life balance thing, it was never going to work. It's time to scrap the idea of balance and instead strive for integration. So, Dr. Greg, it begs the question, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, with the many changes that the COVID-19 pandemic is bringing to the way we work, I've been thinking about one idea in particular that I believe was never going to work, and that needs to be put on the scrap heap of history. And that idea is the concept of work-life balance, which I believe is both unrealistic and potentially harmful. And we'll talk about why that is and what we propose instead in just a minute. But first, Steve, let's look at a definition of work-life balance. So why don't you share it with our listeners, Steve-O? Well, here's a definition for you. Work-life balance, a comfortable state of equilibrium achieved between an employee's primary priorities of their employment position and their private lifestyle. Now, does that sound realistic to you, Steve? Never seen it happen, but yet it seems like a noble purpose. It seems like it's the right thing to be doing. So for you to call it out as a fraud, <laughs> it really, it just, it just throws off my equilibrium, Dr. Greg. <laughs> I just ask you to keep an open mind as we go through this. Would you do that for me? I'll try to do that. Okay. Now, you know, the more articles about work-life balance I read, the more I began to see it as a fantasy ideal that's impossible to attain, and that can leave one with feelings of failure for not hitting that mark. So, Steve, let's look at why this is important to our listeners and why we need to let go of the idea of balance. Now, first, the total responsibility for achieving that balance is on the shoulders of the employee who is supposed to set non-work priorities and carve out time for them. In a way, that's like setting your New Year's resolutions and hoping that you can stick to them over the coming year. Now, I find that despite my best intentions to honor my balance your life priorities, I get sucked into work projects, and once I'm in the middle of something important, it becomes kind of addictive, and I just want to hit that finish line, and my intentions remain just that. You know what I mean, steve You know, work can become uh, a little bit of an obsession for many of us, you know, and not working can become an obsessive thing, too. I prefer to obsess on that (laughs) when I can. Well, that's a really good point. Now, the second reason why uh, the work-life balance will never work has to do with the concept of balance itself. So let's look at the definition of the word balance. Now, balance is, quote, a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. The concept of balance itself, you know, implies that I've got my work life over here and my life life over here. And in my mind, that's a false dichotomy is what I've got is a whole life. Yeah, I think, now you're a young man, Dr. (laughs) Greg, you probably don't remember this, but back in the olden times, people would 
basically just work and work. And they weren't expected to have life balance. And this was kind of a revolutionary concept, I think, when it came out, that you should have balance in your your work and the rest of your life. But uh, I think what you're pointing out here is that whole concept is a little outdated and maybe needs a little rethinking. Well, that's one way to think about it. But if you think about balance, like if you look at uh, somebody who's walking on a tightrope, they're balancing, but it requires constant work. You know, you can't get to a balance and not have to be working on it to keep it in that way. You're onto something there. It does take effort. You know, <laughs> if any if you if you practice any sport, you know, as they say stand up paddleboarding. I've had a lot of difficulty with that. It's a lot of work to stay balanced. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's not a passive activity. And anyway, so I, I think that that's why I think that even the whole concept of balance here is the wrong imagery uh, to be using. So, Steve, instead of advocating work-life balance, we're recommending work-life integration. Now, what does that mean? Let's start with the definition of the word integrate. Why don't you read that for us, Steve? Oh, yes. To integrate is to combine one thing with another so that they become a whole. That's what we're talking about here in terms of the meaning of work-life integration. Now, it means that employers take a holistic view of staff, and recognize that they have a role to play in helping them integrate the different parts of their lives into one whole life. It means they understand, employers understand, that the stress of managing both home and work realms can have a negative effect on staff morale, productivity, and engagement, and that they can't leave this on the shoulders of staff alone to manage. And those two points, those are our major points. What are your thoughts on those? I think you're on to something really important here, Dr. Gray. I think it's very timely because, as you mentioned, we're recording this in a time of pandemic where people are mostly working from home around the world, many who have never done that before. Companies are having to embrace that in, in cases where they typically don't. And mm-hmm. so integrating your your work with your home life is an issue that all of us are facing, many of us in ways that are Uh, have never been this acute and this focused. This is our daily routine now, our moment-to-moment routine. And as you said, it's, it's, you know, balancing something as an active physical Mm -hmm. act. It really is with with trying to integrate your your work and home life in today's environment. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's that's why we wanted to do this podcast and the other one we did recently on reopening workplaces because COVID-19 is bringing some changes and it it just brought this up to mind the idea of trying to balance work and life and and is that really the, the way that we want to be thinking about it. So let's talk about some action steps. Uh, here, Steve. As always, we've got some action steps, and in this case, for our organizational leader friends. Why don't you take that first action step there, Steve? See what see what you can do with that. Let me take a stab at this. Adopt a holistic family systems view. Your employees are not just individuals. That's right. You know, acting as a as a uh, a separate unit out there. In fact, they're part of families. So, this is a critical first step. And and right. how do we go right. about putting this into action, Doctor Greg? Well, uh, you know, like we said, Steve, we believe organizations can no longer view staff as individual widgets who just show up and then and then leave with the rest of their lives being outside the realm of consideration. Now, this doesn't mean that organizations take full responsibility, but rather that they take the full range of staff responsibilities into consideration 
as a legitimate area of concern for creating a dedicated and engaged workforce. Now, to your question, this really just starts at employers beginning to accept the fact that their employees are whole people and they have whole lives and that you can't just focus on one part of it to the exclusion of the other and expect to have people fully engaged uh, in the workplace. And it's going to make it a much richer, more compassionate workplace in the future, I think, if employers start taking this into account. You're not just a a unit of their workforce, but you might also be a a father, son, daughter, mother, sister, brother, uncle, aunt. What are your responsibilities to the others in your life, and how are you balancing those with your responsibilities to your employment? That's right. I would say, how are you integrating those? Indeed. So uh, action step number two is you want to engage your staff in a dialogue. This gets back to your question, how do you get started? You want to hold discussion groups focused on your staff's family personal responsibilities and have them prioritized, let's just say the top two. You want to collect the data and see what you have in terms of the overall staff priorities, which will enable you as the employer to begin planning how you might help with those things. That's kind of revolutionary too, Dr. Greg. In a lot of cases, it's not typical for an employer to ask about someone's home life, what their situation is. It's completely groundbreaking in many ways to actually have those conversations. Right. And we're not talking about getting into personal details. We're talking about personal responsibilities, child care, elder care, other things uh, employees might have that weigh on them, responsibilities they have. Right. But no longer having to check your humanity at the door and become just an automaton there to do a job. Now we're getting some integration. Well, you know what? It always amazes me that you can actually absorb information that I've given you, and then you somehow take it and turn it into your own expressions. I'm always amazed. It stops me up short when you do that. You've never had a parrot then, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's all right. (laughs) All right. Let's look at action step number three there, Uh, Steve-O. What is our action step number three? Why don't you share that with our listeners? This is where the rubber really meets the road. It it, it is to create policies, devote resources, model the behavior. So create policies and dedicate resources to help staff manage their primary home responsibilities. Now you're actually putting this into real Mm -hmm. action. Yep. You want to provide flexibility, including remote work and flex time, among others. Dedicate the resources you save from COVID-19 changes, such as reduced travel costs, and the need for less office space due to remote work. Finally, and this is something you brought up, Steve, be sure that top leaders model your new policies and behavior or none of this will work. It's really like anything else in an organization. It has to come from the top down as well as from the bottom up. And if people don't see the folks that they're trying to emulate their behavior, if they don't see them adopting this new integration, then it's not really going to be authentic. Mm -hmm. All right. So before we get on to the deeper lessons, Dave, what do you think about this whole idea? I like it, Dr. Greg. I think it is time to take a more realistic view of this. I think it it is a continuum where uh, the idea of work-life balance was pretty revolutionary in its time. Right. That you should even think about life, uh, you know, outside of the job. That wasn't something that, uh, that belonged in the workplace. Now it does. But to take that next step and say, no, we really have to integrate that. We're, we're employing human beings. Right. And we have to take into account 
the the rest of their lives that that experience that happens outside the walls of this office because they don't necessarily work within the walls of this office anymore. You're right. It, it's kind of forced itself, but it's got huge potential to really improve productivity and the health of organizations by improving the the health and and welfare of the people who work there. That's that's again well put. Shocked look on my face. I'm going to let that one go though. But I am. I, I will say this. I am so proud of you. I am so proud. <laughs> that's that that warms my heart, Doctor Greg. You have a hard time accepting praise, don't you? Well, you know, uh, you are kind of a father figure to me. <laughs> uh, Shut up. Always have not. been, and so that means a lot. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so I think it's time for the deeper lesson here. We've integrated me. I'm integrated now. Uh, you know, I've got I've got my my work and life all in uh, proper harmony now. But what's our deeper lesson that we could take away from this today? Well, a good question, Steve. Well, life doesn't often present us with an opportunity to take meaningful action that can make a profound change for the better in people's lives. But COVID nineteen offers just such an opportunity. No one wants to feel like they've got to sacrifice their family lives to have a successful career. Now, we believe that the leaders who seize the moment and embrace these changes will substantially increase the health and success of their employees and their organizations. And finally, and most importantly, they will take a giant step towards resolving the stress and tension that naturally result from the idea that work-life balance is an achievable goal and that staff alone are responsible for reaching it with no support from their employers. I think you've hit on something big here, Dr. Greg. I think this, this could be part of the legacy. I Honestly, I think you should flesh this one out and lead us in some more discussions about this. I think that our corporations can learn a lot and the humans who work in those corporations can benefit from what we've talked about here today. That work-life balance thing was never going to work. You heard it here first. It's time to scrap the idea of balance and instead strive for integration. Dr. Greg, you hit the nail on the head today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure. This program is presented from Hollywood every week at this same time by the makers of Grove's Bromo Quinine Tablets. Quick release for cold. <laughs>